Listener Production. The biggest edition of Footy Talk coming up next. We rewind and relive the premiership moments, the big plays, the heroes of what was a magnificent day for the Magpie Army. We talk about the greatest Collingwood player of all time, plus anything else you may have missed, a little bit of kiss. This is the Footy Talk podcast coming up next for your Monday. A Mad Monday edition of Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Daisy Thomas here in studio, the only one brave enough to still be in Melbourne. And as I look to the camera and see the mayor of everywhere, Abby Holmes. Abby, welcome. Hello, Dale. What an incredible weekend. I'm very, very, very impressed that you are in studio this morning after some of your highlights over the weekend. But, um, no, nah, incredible day, incredible game, great result. And, um, yeah, we're going to get into that, no doubt. I'm impressed I'm in studio, not in rehab. And the man, the Prince of Perth, down the line, he's came, he saw, he conquered. Four days in, four days out, off he goes. Mr. Ryan Daniels, Rhino, good morning, hello. What is it, 3 a.m. Perth time? It's actually last week in Perth, mate. It's um, the time (laughs) difference now is so significant. It's Wednesday last week. So I don't know the grand final result. I'm excited to see what happens. uh, Well, spoiler uh, alert. (laughs) That might give it away. You were over here, though. You came for the grand final. You can kick us off, mate. What were some of your favourite moments of the day? Oh, my God. What a game. Can I just say, I think it's hard to in the moment say it's the best grand final you've ever been to, but I think it's definitely in the conversation. And I've been to some absolute thrillers decided by under a goal, but just the whole day, combativeness of both the sides. Um, The first person I want to talk about is the most obvious one, and that is Bobby Hill. Bob the Builder, a fantastic <laughs> little player all year. What a recruit for Collingwood. Tried to get there the year before, couldn't get there, gets there, goes through a cancer scare, fight through cancer, as a baby, turns up and kills it for Collingwood. And he wasn't just great in this game. He's been great for the last probably four to six weeks. He's been super important to what they did. But every time Brisbane came, Bobby Hill stood up and he did something spectacular. He was the reason they won that game on such an even day. I just thought, Bobby Hill, kid from Northam, just a wonderful, wonderful player. And before we move, I just got a story about him. Every year over here in WA, there's about five or six kids who get drafted. We do a story with them. And one of the things I like to do with them is get them to kick a footy into something ridiculous, right? A really hard task. I took him up to the top of Lathlay Park Stadium, right? Made him kick the ball down 100 metres, like from top to bottom, into a big. It took four and a half hours. Bobby did hit the side of that bin probably 80 times and he'd get the ball and he'd run back up that bloody grandstand again and he just never, ever quit. And I was watching him the other day and I just thought, this guy is never going to quit. He loves footy. He, just, he would have stayed up there for another five hours until he kicked that ball into that bin. And it didn't surprise me that he did what he did on grand final day. Well done to Bobby. On a day where there were so many magic moments, obviously Bobby being one of them too, it was the last... 10 minutes, you didn't know where to look. Obviously, the Lions hit the front for the first time in forever. And then Geordie Degoe, a bloke at the start of the season, we didn't know whether or not the Pies were going to back him in to get through a preseason to play again in their side or whether or not they were going to boot him off. I just love the fact that, and we talked about this a bit, when Craig McRae said, I don't give a stuff what he's done, I just want to give the kid a hug. I want to make sure he's okay. And then he comes out, 
Beckham kicks the biggest goal on the biggest stage in the biggest moment after being comprehensively beaten throughout the day. That's the reason why when you tell a kid to pull his socks up and you get a chance to repay the biggest footy club in the land, he did it on the biggest stage. The response from Geordie Degoe has been unbelievable this year. And as you said, he was comprehensively beaten. He had a hard tag with Josh Dunkley for, yeah, four quarters. Josh Dunkley did not drop that tag pretty much the entire day. So, um, Geordie, we know that he's a big game player. We saw what he did in the prelim final. When you come out and, and you have to go through, I guess, the situation of the tag, but, you know, really being able to just pounce on those big opportunities when they present, that is exactly what he did. And, um, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's entire season, I've been blown away with what Geordie Degoe has been able to produce. Can you believe two minutes later there then becomes another moment, a bloke who's 75 years old, still side bottom, gets the ball 50 metres out and I was sitting down that end, everyone goes, what's he do? Have a shot. I'm like, the only way he can kick this if he unloads, unloads the biggest torp of his life that somehow gets on the back of a virgin plane and then just gets in the <laughs> draft and goes through and they're like, oh, he's got to pass it off and Brisbane was set up. He went back, he kicked it 55 metres, it went through half post high and everyone went berserk. It's unbelievable. That's the biggest kick he's ever done by a freaking mile. Unbelievable. Still side bottom. When he was an 18-year-old, remember that game he played? It was on the MCG and he kicked like 10 goals or something in the biggest game the fi- of the year. The, the final the, against the Bush. It was at Marvel, not the G. There you go, kicked right. 10. Amazing moment. This guy's a big moment player, and that was the biggest moment of his career. And I like I was like you. I, I said to the bloke next to me, I said, nah, he hasn't got the distance. He'll have to give it off. Man, did he prove everybody wrong. And just, you know, I, I feel for Jared Berry because he's going to replay that moment, that 50-minute yeah. penalty every day for the rest of his life until he gets a chance to win a flag of his own. He's going to feel really silly about that because he did hold on a little too long. It was 50 by the letter of the law. Um but my God, still kicking that goal just would just make Jared Berry feel so awful. That's the moments in those games. They're the big moments. Dale, can I tell you my favourite moment? Please. I would absolutely love you to. Well, we all know how obsessed I am with Craig McRae. He is one of the all-time greats in the footy world. And he's made everybody over the past two seasons love Collingwood. But when he came out after the game... A few people obviously knew about this, but when he announced to everybody, and he said to me afterwards, shit, Abs, I was meant to keep that quiet, but it just came (laughs) out, that he had a little baby girl at 7.45 that morning, called her Maggie after the Magpies, which I absolutely love, first and foremost. But then to leave that, you know, he says it's already been the best day of my life, having my wife giving birth to a little baby girl. Then he just rolls into the G and, and becomes a premiership coach after leading this club for two seasons, taking them from 17th to a prelim to a premiership. Like that story and the way that he has connected not just the group but the entire club, um, the staff, the fans, um, the members to the players. Like I, I'm just, once again, I say I'm blown away by Geordie Degoe. I'm blown away by Craig McRae as well and, and the way that he's been able to bring everyone together there. Just the fact of the whole story. So he told it about how his wife, his sister took his wife in or her sister because they didn't want to wake him up. They wanted him to have a sleep in. Like in what planet is a family doing this? You'd be saying you're only the coach, suck shit. If I'm up at 3.30 and I'm going into labour, you come by my side. Otherwise you have to stay there and you can't coach. I reckon that would be the conversation around 98% of every household in the world if that Mm -hmm. was the case. That happens, rolls in, keeps it quiet, tells the players, 
then, like a proud dad when he has the cup, has a little bit of a moment, told the Magpie Army, and you could see what that meant to him, but then how it was received back. You just got to bloody love the guy. You just have to love the bloke. There is literally no one in the AFL system right now who is more likable than Craig McRae. He is at the top of the totem pole and he deserves it. Fantastic day. And, you know, on the other side of things, in two years, he turned that club into somehow he's turned Collingwood into a likable <laughs> club. Yeah. So yeah. And I know there's lots of people listening to this who still say, I hate Collingwood. But if you didn't enjoy watching them the last two years, you don't enjoy football because they play with such dare um, and such effort and such energy. And they did it again on grand final day. That was that was a carbon copy of the best Collingwood games of the last two years. And they won the game because that's what they've done. They've won close game after close game. So great bloke, great coach. He, he ticks all the boxes. He's so cool as well. Like I, I remember back in round two or round three, I was busting to go to the toilet. And at the MCG, for all of the listeners out there, We've basically got one little toilet that we can go we, and find. We only have an MA15 rating here, Abs. This is before 11, <laughs> so just be careful. <laughs> no, no, no. So I'm bust into the toilet. I, I race down and, and the bathroom is like in between the two rooms down on basement two at the MCG. And I burst through this door to go and then I <laughs> almost trip over Craig McRae who's meditating. On, like he, he meditates um, literally In the just shitter. No, 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 before the toilet, the room before the toilet. (laughs) But I almost trip over him. He meditates before every game, just gets, you know, really centred and and ready to go. He did not flinch. Like I burst through the door. I was was busting, as I said. He, He was that in the zone. He didn't flinch and I've just gone, oh, shit. Thank God he didn't open his eyes because he, he still didn't know that that was me. So, sorry. Sorry, Craig. He, uh, he let slip what the theme was throughout the final series as well and uh, it was the Magpie, they were the front line of the Magpie Army. That's what he came out with. So that was their whole theme. So embracing mm-hmm. the 106,000 members that they had. A few of the other things. He had 44 sons written on the inside of his jumper. We know that Bruzzy Maynard had competitive beasts as we saw that after his shirt got ripped once. And May and Cox in his had repay fly. Wow. They have just they have just enveloped each other with this belief that it was going to happen no matter what. And the fact that it did because nothing nothing for the, in this game is a given. You know, there's there's so many good stories and this can happen and you can do everything right, but the game's so cruel in a way that you see, you know, a ball bounces one way they may have lost. Nothing is given, but you just felt that game for whatever reason, was going to fall on the magpie side of the ledger. And Mason post-game got super, super emotional. Um, He spent a lot of time just kind of, as the boys were going down the race, he was sitting on the back of the Toyota Hilux just kind of taking it all in. And um, I interviewed him. And him talking about Fly is, if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it because this is a guy who's travelled across the world. He didn't know, um, you know, in 2014, he hardly knew what the AFL was, let alone its support base and, and what Collingwood meant to people and that kind of thing. So Fly, since he's been at Collingwood the last two years, has really brought out the best in Mason Cox. And I think over the past seasons before that, he was in and out of the side. He wasn't necessarily enjoying his footy. Um, he didn't feel totally embraced within the four walls of the footy club, whereas um, he had obviously an excellent relationship with Fly prior to him becoming the head coach at Collingwood. But he's just really 
I don't know. It, it's just completely changed Mason's mentality around footy and to see him sign a two-year contract extension as well mid-year after being a year-on-year proposition for the football club. Um, yeah, he got super emotional talking about Fly and then his family as well. Now add it to the pile of great stories that have come out of this year's grand final. Stick around, plenty more to talk about. We'll preview, I mean review, the KISS, uh, what was it called? Pre-match entertainment. I'm getting my praise and whatever's mixed up today and forgive me for probably good reason. Uh, we'll come up with that after the break. Welcome back to the Footy Talk Podcast for your Monday. If you are listening on Spotify, hit the bell. If you are a Brisbane fan, well, hang tight because we might just touch on your side at some point. But if you're not and you're a Pies fan, hang around because we will still be pumping up the almighty grand final win. Before the grand final, all eyes go to the entertainment. And over the years, there's been some good ones and there's also been some absolute shockers. Were you happy with the kiss? Because I thought live... I'd had a few beers and I was rocking along. Rhino, what did you like about it? Uh, I thought it was great. I was in the stand. Um, I thought that was fantastic. You know, Kiss are an entertainment product, right? And they don't have the best vocals in the world, but that's not what they're about. And I think people at home loved it too. I know my kids were watching it. They've never seen Kiss before. They're seven and five. They thought it was fantastic. I've got home last night and there's the lyric to rock and roll all night and party every day have been written out. That's how much it resonated with, like, little kids. So they were fantastic. They weren't quite as good as Robbie Williams. They were way better than Meatloaf. So on the Meatloaf to Robbie Williams scale, if that's a 10 and a 0, I would say they're about an 8, which I thought was fantastic. You better have good vocals if you're going to say they're not the best vocalists, by the way, Ryan Daniels. (laughs) Um, but no, I loved it and I loved the 500 little kids yes. running out there as their little yeah. backup dancers and then the little mini-me's on the stage. That was a super nice touch. But how hot would have they been? That's what it I was, was 29, thinking. Yeah, 29 degrees before the bounce of the footy on Saturday. These guys are, what, are they 70-odd now? Maybe more. Um, yep. fully, yeah, fully painted up, obviously, in, in, um, leather. Their full kit, in leather. The poor buggers, they would have been melting. And the fireworks are going off and the fire <laughs> things are on the side. As a bloke who wears a little bit of leather, school. that shit doesn't breathe. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll go back to the game. Some of the injury news that was coming out of it, Nathan Murphy was a big one playing a really important role. Went down with a concussion. Now, we know this guy's got a history of them. Uh, the, uh, the footy club obviously did the right thing in immediately taking him off. And this was obviously the big discussion throughout the season as we saw what happened with Port Adelaide and then the fine they subsequently got. Everyone went to, oh, if this happens on grand final day, it's an important player. We'll just roll him out regardless. Well done to Collingwood and well done to him for going off and taking it as seriously as it should be, but ruled himself out, we're led to believe. Yeah, um, and your your heart went out to him. Like, it was absolutely devastating seeing him with his head in his hands and you could see how shattered he was from that moment. But credit to him. If he said, look, I've got a history of this, I'm not right, Um, as much as I want to be out there with my best mates and and winning a flag, I've got to put my health and and my head first. So whilst it was devastating, it was the right call because it was a massive hit, wasn't it, with Link McCarthy? Yeah, and credit to Collingwood as well for being able to pivot because when you lose a defender, like he's an important player for their structure and then to Mm. be able to still, you know, obviously navigate that game, Brisbane's got an unbelievable forward line. That's that's impressive in itself to go right because Lipinski is obviously not that type of player. 
So you've got to restructure everything on the fly. So, well, well done to fly. Jeremy Howe. Well, he know, was good when he came on too. He was good. He was good. Found Very a good. new spot there. Uh, Jeremy Howe got folded up in the early part oh. of that match, revealed that he played out the game with three broken ribs. What We know that his arm fell off in 16 different directions earlier in the year and he had to get that fixed. Play on with three broken ribs and to still fly into contest the way he did, that's the bullshit sort of toughness we're after on grand final day. He's so tough, isn't he, Jeremy Howe? And what a, a crazy, crazy season he's had. Of course, that horrifically broken arm, Ugh. as you said, in round one. When did he come back? Round 15, I think it was. So a long time out of the game. Um, but... Adrenaline gets you through in those moments, doesn't it? Like he, he, as I saw him, I think it was a Sunday footy show yesterday and he just said, look, it would have hurt a hell of a lot more if we lost as well. <laughs> but adrenaline, your last quarter, um, you know what's potentially around the corner holding up a cup. So um, I don't think he would have felt it uh, for the last kind of 10, 15 minutes of that game, but certainly at the time uh, with that big hit from Charlie. And I, I can tell you, Jeremy McGovern played with broken ribs in 2018. He's still telling that story. So Jeremy yeah, not only has his medal, yes. but he can be telling how tough that he was for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And there'll be 12 broken ribs by the time he gets to 38, 48, 58 years old. I played in a grand final with broken ribs as well, guys. There you many, go. Many See? Like in the NGFL. Oh. Um, excruciating, but you certainly don't feel it at the time. Abby, you've run off three hours sleep for the last four years. I would not put anything past you. If <laughs> somebody came out and told me eventually you're a bat, I'd probably believe it. Um, I'm a <laughs> In the nicest way possible. <laughs> um, Norm Smith, always big talking point, a little bit of conjecture. I'm completely happy with not only Bobby Hill being a winner, I think he unanimously got the three votes across, but everyone else that filled the placings in and around there, Kadeen Coleman, Nick Dacos, Tom Mitchell, Jack Cruz, and Pendles all getting votes. Do you want to go your 3-2-1? Abs, you kick us off what you would have given on the day? No, definitely happy with Bobby Hill. Um, I thought he was unbelievable, just that electric kind of spark that Collingwood needed in um in their forward half what do you have 18 touches eight marks for four goals too it's um it's pretty good return and you just knew that you know something was going to happen whenever the ball the ball was in his vicinity i thought tommy mitchell as well he was awesome um and then yeah you have to say pendles like that last quarter uh for me uh was something bloody special and i know Craig McRae spoke about him post-game and, and just how remarkable that was from a, you know, a 35-year-old. He's so experienced in the coalface, we know that. But, yeah, what he did in that final quarter, he certainly would have featured in my votes. Funny because that's exactly the same 3 two, one I would have given. 3 to Bobby Hill. I thought when the game was there in the balance, he was keeping Collingwood in it for a while. And then he did a couple yeah. of things. Look, he didn't keep a bunch of goals in the second half, but he set a couple up. He took, you know, he took some big moments. Um, and it was such a tight game that him having those numbers is just, it separated everything. Tom Mitchell, again, didn't have his 38, 45 touches that he can do. He only had like 24, but that was a bloody good game. And he was so tough, so in and under. And Pendlebury, brilliant. There was one moment, pretty sure it was in the last quarter, where everybody's like scattered and everybody's, the ball's just pinging around backwards and forwards. Somehow he stops and does the very Scott Pendlebury thing and finds, I can't remember who the player was, in the corridor. Like, everybody in the crowd just went like, oh, God. Like, yeah. It was like, that was footy porn. It was so beautiful to watch. <laughs> and only Scott Pendlebury could have actually done that. I can't wait to go back and find that moment and watch it again 50 times because it was so good. 
It is all on your own. It is almost worth watching back again because at the minute we're still just living in, especially me, the raw emotion of it, not actually fully dissecting it. I had a quick look at the scoring today. The Pies kicked one goal six in the third quarter. Wow. Crazy. Talk about the chance to yeah. kick yourself out of it, then found a way. The Lions, obviously, very, very good as well. Kadeen Coleman needs a shout out. He oh, was yeah. unbelievable. We thought the prelim final might have been the greatest game he's ever played. Then came out in that grand final, especially in the first half. The Pies did a good job of negating him. But talk about Bobby Hill keeping you in it. The ball was living in Collingwood's forward half, and all of a sudden, Kitty Coleman of pop up with it and then slice and dice through the corridor. They're walking in at the other end against all odds. What did he have in the first half? It was 20 odd touches. Like, yeah. 22. Yeah. In the first half of a grand final, he was unbelievable. And as you said, him in the prelim, we were like, wow, best game he's ever played. But then he came out and, and backed that up in a grand final. Um, he was, he was unbelievable to watch, particularly from ground level as well. I loved watching him play, but, um, Ryan as well. Do you know what broke my heart was seeing Chris Fagan post-game in in that um, coach's box. We know that this is their fifth consecutive final series. Um, Their their list profile is ready to pounce, like they're ready to take the silverware. Um, But to fall agonisingly short um, this year, yeah, that broke my heart was just seeing Fags because we know how much this means to him and obviously the group as well. Grand finals are particularly ones like this. The losers get forgotten, don't they? Like Zach Bailey's incredible goal, Kitty Coleman's game, um, you know, the humid luggage was fantastic. Joe Danaher stood up in big moments. There was Oscar McInerney was great. There were so many players who stood up, but in the end of the day, and they'd say this too, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, but if they win, if they get one more goal or Collingwood gets one less, those guys are like, we're talking about them like we're talking about Bobby Hill and Pendlebury and Tom Mitchell. Like it's that mm. close to being like, you know, an eternal great or just, oh, that was just a game that we lost and we're filthy about it and we've got to go next year. So it, the margins are so slim and that's what makes the game so great and that's what makes that grand final so great because it's just that fine line. Yeah, this is the point in time and no doubt the lines with the profile you speak of will get another chance in the next year, two years, three years. If they yeah. do it right, this will be the moment I bet you they all refer back to. It's the moment of not... Were we only good enough to get it done on the MCG? We fell so close. This is what's going to drive us going forward. Two more points before we let you all go, Rhino. You can get back to bed. Abby, you can get to Bali. And I'm still not sure where I'm going to go. Um, do Adams and Noble deserve a medal? Yes. The two heartbreak stories, do they deserve a medal? Then where do you have to extend it to? I'm, I'm really torn on this one. I'm almost in the camp right yeah. now of saying unlucky. That's the heartbreak of it. We spoke about this a few weeks ago on Footy Talk and it was after actually I um, I drove down to Port Douglas with David Zaharakis and we were talking about this exact same thing and Zach was like, I am a firm believer that anybody that contributes to getting you that premiership deserves a medal. So this is David Zaharakis talking, right? So um, because it could come down to you played a game at round, you know, 22, 23 that saw you jump inside the top four, um, which was obviously, you know, positioning for a, a final series, but you don't get up and play on grand final day. Like, you still play a crucial role. And look at Johnny Noble. What was it, 83 consecutive matches under, yeah, obviously Fly the last two seasons had not missed a game. Tay Adams, crucial to that midfield group, m- misses with a hamstring. Um, yeah, they broke my heart as well, seeing them post-game. They were um, obviously wrapped for the players, but devastated for themselves. And... Um, 
when you see things like that and how crucial those two have been to this side over the last few seasons, um, yeah, I, I think I'm changing my opinion to say that they probably should. Oh, I'm going to sound like the old grump, but I, I, I think it's, I think there's something somehow beautiful about it. And I don't know of those players. I, I'd love to ask Taylor Adams and John Noble, hey, mm-hmm. if you could have a premiership medal right now, would you take it? I don't reckon they would. And I, like, I just think there's yeah. something attached to playing on that day. You know, there's that there's that bond of the 23 guys now. And and there's that incredible stat that the no premiership team ever played together again. Not once. Not mm-hmm. one game has it happened. Now, it could happen this year, this, next year, who knows? But it's it's never happened before. Something romantic about that. There is there is an example, the NBA. Basically, they can give out rings to whoever they want. Andrew Gaze has an NBA championship for 1999 with the Spurs. And he only played like a quarter of the season. He went back to Australia and played in the NBL. They gave him a championship mm-hmm. ring. Now, that's pretty cool. That's the way they do it. So you basically got Collingwood would have the choice to go, right, every player gets one. Every staff member can get one if they want. Like, it's really up to you how many you do it. I kind of like the way we do it. I think it means it's extra special. And it needs, you need a lot of luck as well. I think within a playing group as well, like, I'm sorry to say this, Ryan, but Dale and I can talk Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, no, no, but when you win a flag, like it, with the players that don't necessarily get the premiership medal as well, it does bring that certain level of awkwardness too um, because your heart breaks for them. You want them with a the medal around their neck, um, but they didn't. And that's what I, I find. I found that really hard with Adelaide was that, you know, there was a, a chunk of us that won the flag and, um, you know, had the medal around our neck. But I wish that everybody else that was a part of that season um, had the opportunity to wear one. You too. reckon that's awkward. Try working grand final week with Lee Montagna. Single-handedly took a premiership medallion away from him and his friends and now I have to work with him and talk about it. That's Ooh. where shit gets awkward. <laughs> hey, it's the last one and I'm leaving this there and we're putting it out. If anyone wants to disagree with me, you're all happy and fair and welcome too. But I think you've got no leg to stand on. Scotty Penderbury is now the greatest magpie of all time. Um, I'm trying to think of a counter argument. Um, I, I guess you're throwing Nathan Buckley in the conversation. Um, you're throwing like the Coventries. The Coventries. Uh, uh, yeah, look, it's hard to know because I didn't see Gordon Coventry play. I didn't see Shin Me Coventry neither, play. And I didn't flick that far back through the records when I was making this <laughs> statement. So that's the argument you're happy to, happy to go with, but just yeah. leave it there. I would say definitely in the past, you know, 40 years that we can actually watch these games and we can see it and we can digest all the numbers fairly evenly. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think he has gone past Nathan Buckley. I mean, he's got two flags now, you know, like he, he's got a Norm Smith medal, um, his, his longevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Like, and Buckley was an amazing player. So this is an incredible one too. I agree. I agree. I um, I'm blown away with what Scott Pendlebury produces week in, week out, and he he still looks like an absolute Adonis, doesn't he? Like he he just puts so much time into his recovery, um, into getting his himself ready uh, for each and every game, and um, still performing as well. And he's ripe old age of. 35 years young and going again next year. So um, he's a remarkable athlete. Genuinely incredible stuff. Hey, as always, incredible from you two. I'm not sure if we'll see you again. The Footy Talk podcast is winding up. We've got a little bit of trade work coming through, but if I don't, thank you for everything throughout the year. Abs, enjoy Bali. Thank you. Rhino might be actually to come and join you. It's only three hours north and every Perth bogan goes there. Rhino, thank you for everything. 
Thanks, guys. Been fun joining you. It's been it's been awesome. Thanks for including me. Um, I get a premiership medal because it came in at the right point of the season. This is our grand final. So, 100%. And Jay Z Clark can piss off for another yeah. year. Hey, this has been the Footy Talk podcast tomorrow. Joey and Jay, how's that? Well, he's back. We'll preview the trade period, what each club need to secure to set up the next season. This has been the Footy Talk podcast premiership rewind. Have a great day. Listener.